I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Post Game Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Jazz Post Game, Jake Scott, coach Tim LaCoe. The Jazz fall tonight in Golden State to the Warriors, 112 107. Tough way to finish that ball game. Jazz uh, led at times in this one, struggled down the stretch, outscored by the Warriors in the fourth quarter. 24 to 13. We'll uh, hear from Coach Will Hardy coming up here momentarily. The Jazz got 29 points and 16 rebounds from Lowry Markinen, but 23 of those 29 came in the first half, cooled off in the third quarter, and then went scoreless uh, in the fourth. And uh, a lot of people talking at halftime. It could have been uh, career high for Lowry to keep feeding the beast. He ended up 10 of 22, Coach, and uh, uh, you know, I did. I thought Booner hit the the nail on the head there. I don't know if it's not Lowry not seeking it out, or if it's the team not finding him. But uh, felt like a missed opportunity as well as he was playing in the first half. Yeah, and, and I want to make sure not you know I'm not castigating the fact they didn't go to him. It it very well could be that you know within the offense he needs to be a little more aggressive. Um, but to me, like what Locke said, maybe every third or fourth time down when he's got it going like that, just run an ISO. You know, throw it to them on the wing, see how they're going to react, who they're going to guard him with. And really just by doing that, you may free up and get different looks than you're getting. So certainly this staff knows exactly what they're doing. But it's just something that we both felt. He kind of had that look in his eye. And then I'm like, surely the second half he'll get a bunch of looks. And, and it didn't end up being, you know, the, he got late looks, but they weren't the looks within like he was getting in the first half. Well, man, fourth quarter execution is Ooh. an issue. Uh, with this squad and it wasn't an issue defensively I mean they gave up 24 points in the fourth quarter they just only mustered 13 and uh, just had some miscues some turnovers some bad shots Uh, Jordan Clarkson hit a great three to keep him in it and then of course missed some free throws Uh, Kelly Olenek missing two um, down the stretch that really did him in and uh, as Locke kind of broke down thoroughly that's not like him he usually hits those uh, free throws no problem down the stretch and they got 40. I'm just looking, you know, Anthony Lamb from Vermont. He's a two-way guy. 
He had 10. And then DiVincenzo, you know, he was ready for the opportunity. He played 39 minutes. But he's – that kid's tough, and he got him everywhere. But 19 for him, and then uh, Baldwin had 11. So 40 points among those three guys. And, again, you look at a, a five-point game. The defense was good, but I also believe, like, where you need to get a stop on that switch – and Poole just is able to drive you right to the rim. Just stuff that uh, you've got to be kind of consistently good at it all game. Poole had 26, 7 of 22 shooting, 2 of 10 from 3, but he was 10 of 12 at the line. You highlighted that at the half, that uh, he was going to the line a little too frequently, and that uh, obviously proved to be true. DiVincenzo had 19 uh, tonight, as you point out. Ty Jerome was 17 coming off the bench. Baldwin with 11 coming in off the bench, and Kavon Looney, Six points, 12 rebounds, five assists for him. What a night. And then Draymond Green didn't score a ton. Six points on two of seven shooting, but had nine boards, five assists, and three block shots, including a big-time block there at the end of the fourth quarter. That was big. And, um, you know, it looked almost like it was body then ball. But, you know, going straight up, uh, that's kind of the the call, I guess, defense is going to get from time to time. Uh, Just made big plays, you know, and he does do that. Didn't. Really have that stellar, but I love a guy who will just go get nine rebounds and five assists and a couple of big-time stops to help you win. And then, you know, he, he can flex a little bit. He should get four or five technicals a game, though. Probably. But no, he's like, Draymond. For sure. Uh, outside of Markinen, who, as we mentioned, had 29 and 16 for the Jazz tonight, they got 22 from Jordan Clarkson. Uh, very efficient 22, actually. Eight of 14 for Jordan, three of eight from three. He had three rebounds, a couple of assists. Uh, Colin Sexton with 11 points coming off the bench in only 16 minutes as he continues to work back from that injury. Mike Conley tonight did not shoot the ball well. We wondered if uh, maybe his shot had turned the corner against San Antonio. He's 2 of 11, 1 of 8 from 3, but did have 10 assists to go along with his uh, 5 points. And, man, if they could just get that complete game out of Mike, that would make a huge difference. Yeah, it really, it's it's like Coach Hardy said in the pregame. We, they need everybody, and they really do. You saw what Olenek brings, you know, he, he's constantly in the fray. There's constantly activity, but he goes out and stretches the defense. I feel like Sexton comes in. I thought he was actually played pretty positively tonight, and I thought his, um, much like Olenek, he's nice for the other reason. He speeds everything up and creates a little bit of chaos. Then everybody else kind of picks up the pieces. But, yes, it would be nice to see Mike be able to string some good shooting nights together and have all these pieces on the floor and kind of be able to get back to that execution we saw early in the season. Because that's what it's going to take for the Jazz to win, particularly on the road. They're going to need everybody to fire on all cylinders. You're going to need uh, Lowry marketing to have big games and then everybody to execute down the stretch. Can't have, you know, 13-point quarters. Yeah, those two games, the last two games, I agree with Locke. I think they're they're demoralizing in a way uh, because I think the, the Jazz are better than both those teams as they've rolled out there. Right, um, but it's it's the execution piece. It's knowing where you're going to close the game down. Um, maybe those are the things, ethereally, that keep getting in the way. And the one thing Coach Hardy's done, he's attacked problems when transition defense was a huge issue. We haven't talked about it as much. So certainly something that they'll continue to work through. Jazz tonight shot forty percent from the field. Uh, they shot fifteen of forty six from three, thirty two and a half percent. That uh, number. Needs to be a little bit better usually for the uh, for the Jazz to be uh, successful. Coach, they were 18 of 26 from the line. The Warriors shot 42.5%. They were 16 of 45 uh, from three, 35.5% there. 
Uh, but let's get back to San Francisco and hear from uh, Coach Hardy. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacoe. Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. The Jazz fall tonight to the Warriors, 112-107 in San Francisco. Postgame is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at MarkMillerSubaru.com. Uh, coach, this is a tough loss uh, for the Jazz. Two tough losses in a row. Uh, it doesn't get uh, – we'll, we'll talk more about uh, Sacramento coming up uh, later, but definitely going to be a challenging game as they uh, beat the Nuggets tonight. So, you know, Miami is not as good as some of the Heat teams that we've seen as they're coming in on Saturday. But uh, the first part of this week, these two games were games the, uh, the Jazz certainly could have had. Yeah, it th- games that I thought they would get. Um, obviously, you're the winner tonight. You went against the trend. As always, and you found a way. You're a I kind of got bullied into that pick. But, hey, you, it pays to be a contrarian, and you were tonight. You got the win. I think that the, um, you know, I think this, this is something where the other night it was, you know, the inability to really get stops. Tonight, um, execution offensively has been a real strength of this team, um, and I certainly don't want to, like, overreact to the fact that Lowry didn't, you know, get enough shots. But I do think something to look at and also – um, perhaps, you know, the ball doesn't move as much in the second half. I don't know, but maybe that's something to look at because, um, you know, to Coach Hardy's credit, the ball moves and, and he gets a bunch in the first half and uh, the defense is going to key on him. I totally get that. But um, just it, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm curious to hear his follow-up to this because I'm sure he will he'll bring it up. You think it'll come up? Huh? I think it'll come up. <laughs> yeah. Knowing coaches and their desire to show – you know, hey, this is what we're thinking. Are you are you are you telling me coaches don't let things like that go? Huh? No, and and the cool part about Hardy though, if I feel like if he's wrong, if he if he doesn't necessarily feel like he did, he'll he'll say that too. I think he's actually pretty genuine. So I do think it's not so much into Lowry not getting the ball, but I, I almost would couch it as shot selection, and perhaps you know there was a play that stands out where early in a shot clock, Nikhil Alexander Walker cranks a three, and I know I get it, like we want to be on attack. But when a guy hasn't got a shot in a bit, you know, make that extra pass, let him touch it. So just things to watch, and it'll be uh, fascinating to hear the response. Well, yeah, and honestly, they just needed to execute better down. I mean, it's we've done this post game show a bunch of times this year, and this this Jazz team is definitely uh, has talent on it. They they've gotten big time performances. They've won games down the stretch, and uh, they've beat good teams down the stretch. But they've also had epic. Uh, I don't want to say collapses because I don't know if I'm going to throw tonight into the collapse category. I don't think I, I would describe it that way. They just couldn't buy a bucket and then couldn't get a timely stop, even though in the fourth quarter they they only gave up 24 points. I think I think Coach Hardy was right when he said, you know, you're going into the fourth uh, with a six-point lead and you could predict that you'd hold the other team to 24 points scored. Probably think he came out on top on that one, and they just – they couldn't get it to go when they needed it, and then the foul shooting failed them at the end. Yeah, that's that's a frustrating thing too. But um, definitely a, you know, like Locke said, a little bit of a storm. I would say on a team that wasn't expected to win many games at all. It's interesting that 
a couple of games, you know, it still it still feels like it used to when you get beat. Um, but this team's resilient, and I do believe they got great leadership. Um, these two games surprised me a little bit, but if if it leads to them getting better in the execution category, and that's what we're talking about, I think separate execution from effort. It's executing the game plan defensively, offensively. Uh, they can shore that up. Um, you know, we've seen this team when they're at full strength and really executing is pretty good. Indeed. Uh, all right, the Jazz fall tonight. Let's get a look at your Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Flight will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's uh, Master of the Glass uh, coach, Lowry Markinen who had 16 boards to go along with his uh, 29 points, two of those rebounds coming on the offensive end. Uh, the Jazz out-rebounded tonight by the Warriors 51-50, to both squads uh, having 10 offensive rebounds apiece. Uh, Kavon Looney had 12 rebounds to lead the way for the Warriors, but uh, Draymond Green had nine. And Ty Jerome, who had really a, a sneaky good game tonight, had seven coming off the bench to go along with his 17 points. Um, you know, and one thing, too, in just talking about this, the Jazz took three shots at the rim all night long. That tells me right there, you know, possessions didn't last that long. You know, there were a lot of threes taken, 45. Uh, but it, that, that's an outlier. We have not seen a game where the Jazz have taken three shots at the rim. So That's crazy. Um, so something to dig into, and um, yeah, I'm going to watch the film on this and try to re-diagnose, too. Uh because it doesn't feel like like Golden State would, you know, especially with their their roster as presently constituted, be the the type of defensive force that would keep, you know, players off the rim like that. I mean, it, it's, I guess the Jazz aren't necessarily a, a, a really put pressure on the rim type of team necessarily, but to get only three is just seems crazy. Yeah, but they all have. You think about you know Clarkson's ability to get there, Beasley's shown the ability to get there. Uh, get out in transition. Lowry gets there. Walker gets something dumped off at the rim. But to have three for the game, that is absolutely crazy to me. Um, seems like it. And it seems like that's more of a kind of goes in the along the line of we're going to kind of take what's easy tonight as opposed to what's really hard. We're not going to grind a possession for five passes, maybe only three. Um, and that's perhaps where they're missing that little sliver that Markinen falls into. Um, just something – you you think about it in so many different ways, but that's kind of what it feels like to me. More of more of that, you know, quicker possessions uh, and less kind of getting the ball where getting the ball t- moving around. Seems like Jordan Clarkson gets three on the rim on his own. I know, it's crazy. You know, or or Kessler with the putbacks, or you know, we did see Lowry miss one point blank tonight, but but that that number is just that number screams and made one, you know, so they had two points at the rim. So that's just not going to get it. That's just not going to get it done unless you're shooting 40% from three, I suppose, which they obviously did not tonight and uh, really did not in the fourth quarter where uh, they were what one for 11 and shot 16% from the floor in the fourth quarter, which is just rough. Not going to get it done. So, yeah. And the, the interesting thing within numbers, you can make numbers say anything you want, but I think if you look deep enough into numbers, you can kind of start to see the story. And as an outlier to the point where the Jazz had their lowest output at the rim, and I would almost dare say for a long time. Like I, I know it's this year, it is this year, but three shots at the rim seems pretty low for a long. So that, that's an outlier tonight, no doubt. Oh, I would guess when when Rudy 
I mean, come was on. on the team. I mean, I was done after six possessions. Yeah, right. And, and you look at uh, some of the, you know, Derek Favors before. Well, of course, Donovan Mitchell was really good at getting to the rim. I mean, that was a big part of his game. And again, I I don't think that is necessarily the Jazz strength, but to have a number that low just seems seems nuts. And not even going up against, a, a, say, a Rudy Gobert. I mean, I like Kevon Looney. And Draymond Green plays tough, there's no doubt, but that just seems strange. The Jazz shot from mid-range tonight. They took 42 shots. That is a huge high number. I was going to say, that seems big. So, again, shot chart will tell the story, but not able to get all the way to the rim for whatever reason, and a lot more mid-range than typical. Like in the, I I would guess, probably the 25th percentile um, that they shot mid-range shots. Well, how do you balance that with, like, uh, you know, Coach Hardy says all the time, you know, take what uh, the game gives you. You know, how do you balance getting the shots you want, but also taking what's because, you know, it appears like Golden State's going to let him shoot from the mid range all night. It's a lot to unpack. And I think that's where strategy comes in. I think it's where you have to, again, be mindful that the guy like Lowry's out there and I can drive this to the elbow and and take a pull up jumper. Um, But I can also drive this and, um, you know, move it one more time and try to get that ball move. And I think. You know, with him, that's kind of what they do. They don't run a lot of total sets for Lowry. So it, it is hard. It's hard to do what the game tells you to do, but also program your mind. Uh, we also got to get – yeah, it, it's that's a hard one. You it's can see that would be a balance. fine line to teach. Yeah, it was – I mean, not to go with a, a football comparison, but that was always the big criticism about Bronco Mendenhall, right? He, he always says, hey, we're going to go in and do our thing, and we're going to play our game. And if we play our game, then nobody can stop us. But yet then – his in-game adjustments were were always lacking because he never adjusted to how the game, you know, what the game was giving him, so to speak. And, you, you know, he was he won a lot of games doing it that way, but he lost uh, a bunch of games doing it. So that is that's got to be a challenge for any coach because Coach Hardy's right. I mean, you got to you got to play off. You got to take what the what the game gives you, how the other team is playing you. But at the same time, you know, got to force your issue every once in a while, or at least get the shots you want. Yeah, and it's interesting that you know. I think Lowry's probably played himself into the number one guy on this option on this team, but it, it does seem, you know, that Hardy's will reticent a little bit to say, you know, I, I do think he feels like he's getting his number of shots. And so if that's the case, you know, guys just execute a little bit better. Um, but closing games, definitely something we've got to continue to watch. Much like transition defense was tough at a spell or defensive rebounding, Again, Coach Hardy's done a great job addressing them, but I think closing game is going to be a little longer because trying to figure out how you're going to do that entirely. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. We'll have more for you straight ahead. Jazz post game. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at uh, markmillersubaru.com. No, but I don't blame you. I've had a couple okay. of those. You know, it's it's past 11. I He's, forgot to hit the mute button, but I just yawned loud. Love these, uh, love these West Coast road swings with their 8 o'clock starts. It gets a little late. That's Live all right. Live for them. We're big here. For, big on them. We're here making it happen. You know, just uh, hoping that my year-and-a-half-year-old sleeps through the night. That would be nice. Get home, get a little R&R. We'll be okay. We'll a little yawn. We'll deal. We got this. We'll we'll deal. We'll uh, we'll press on. Uh, Jazz uh, dropped one tonight in Golden State, as I mentioned, one twelve, one oh seven. Tough execution. The story uh, in the fourth quarter. We've talked about it a lot. Coach outscored by Golden State, twenty four to thirteen. Took a six point uh, lead into the fourth quarter, and then shot eighteen percent from the field. It's just going to be tough. Golden State. Uh, Jordan Poole is uh, is a good player, and they had guys play well. Uh, even though, you know, holding a team to 24 points in the fourth with a six-point lead should be enough. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so many things in that fourth quarter, but it, it really you can just lump it under execution. You can put shot selection, um, decision-making, um, you know, a, a huge part of it, and, and really being on attack, you know, where the Jazz acting or being acted upon, and it felt like that the, the Warriors really did dictate that fourth quarter entirely. Um, so... Execution issues tonight, uh, kind of the the calling card. But I, I did like the the way the Jazz competed. There were, um, you know, there were a couple of lapses that that really did hurt them in order to be able to win the game. But um, you know, some good, some really good performances. And Lowry was lights out in that first half. I thought both teams really competed. They did. It, it was a hard. Hard-fought game. It was different than the San Antonio game where it just felt flat. And not that the Jazz, don't get me wrong, the Jazz didn't compete against San Antonio, but it felt like this was a different type of loss because it did feel like they competed. It did feel like they played hard, played tough, and so did uh, so did Golden State. You know, it was kind of a slugfest there in the fourth quarter, and Jazz just couldn't muster enough, uh, enough offense to get over the hump. 26 assists by the Jazz. I mean, it's a great number to see. Um, they only turn it over 12 times. That's a livable number. Uh, I mentioned that, you know, transition. They they did, they did actually had some success. The Jazz got out and ran, um, f- and it was mostly early, uh, but it, it kind of went away. But they did find some success. Golden State, however, they were able to kind of get out and transition a lot, um, particularly in that second half. And they did a lot of damage, you know, early threes, it seemed like, um, the ball kind of popping and hitting corners. Golden State was 16 of 45 from three, uh, 35 and a half percent. 
Uh, DiVincenzo, 5 of 9 from downtown. Really nice night for him. And Patrick Baldwin Jr. mentioned his name a couple of times tonight. He had 11 points, but was 3 of 5 uh, from 3. So came in and off the bench and uh, did some damage. Combined that with Ty Jerome, who had 17 points coming in off the bench. And, you know, that's a nice game. Baldwin only played 13 minutes, too. So he came in and poured it on. Yeah, Baldwin's a, he was the mystery man of the draft. You remember taken and we talked a little bit about him, but it was good to see him come out and play a pretty offensive minded kid. Certainly got length, um, but 11 points in 13 minutes. Ain't too bad. Uh, no, any game like that. I, I would say so. And that's, you know, th- this feels almost like, you know, we've talked about a few of these, these games where teams aren't playing everybody and you're seeing other people step up and get an opportunity. It reminds us of all the COVID mess we've, we've navigated the last couple of years, especially last year. You're just thinking some of those games where these guys get opportunities and come in and play like their hair's on fire and they're playing for their next opportunity because they really are. And they're, you know, I think the NBA is bound for expansion in the next couple of years. It seems like that is kind of in the cards. We'll see how it goes, but I think the league is, is ready for it. I think there are a lot of talented guys out there. There's there's enough talent scrapping to get into the league to to fill a couple more teams. I really believe that. I like how the NBA has expanded slowly. I think that is has been a good thing. You look at like hockey and major league soccer that it really expand, expand, expand. Sometimes I think you dilute, you know, the talent and the product a little bit. I think the the NBA has a ton of talented guys. I mean Ty Jerome was great tonight, and and I know he's a he's a rotation guy uh, for Golden State. He didn't come out of nowhere, but I mean, there's a lot of talent on these squads, and we see when you know teams are missing a lot of their top end players. There's plenty of guys that are going to come in and play well. Yeah, it's it's actually a great point. I think if we've learned anything, um, you know, or me, me personally in the last couple of years, is when a team is uh, down a couple of guys that you do see some of those guys really rise up and. Uh, those guys are, are fighting for their league lives. You right. know, they want to go make a statement in a game and get some real numbers on on the page and some clips on tape for people to see. And um, I would say most times, yeah, teams down guys, it, don't, it doesn't matter one bit. Uh, they're going to be really competitive and hard to beat. And it comes down to then execution. And tonight, you know, even having the experience on the floor, the Jazz kind of went to pieces in the fourth and, the young kind of resilient group playing in front of their home crowd where they've been really successful and don't know much more than just winning ended up figuring it out. Yeah, Steve Kirk can coach. He can coach. It's very good. Yeah. He's, his teams are going to come out prepared and they're, they're going to play tough and play well. I, I have no idea why golden state is so bad on the road. I've got, I've got no clue. I, I'd be curious to go back and break down some of their, some of their games. I mean, obviously the, the jazz loss here in this building or they lost to the jazz here in this building. I mean, that was such a fluky ending. I don't know what conclusions you can draw from that, but golden state, this team shouldn't be losing like that on the road. I mean, there are plenty of talented players on this team, even when the top end guys don't play. I'll tell you what coach Rose would have done. He would call it the person booking travel. And he said, where do you have us staying? Marriott's Hilton's. Um, yeah, we're going to stay at Marriott. All right. Scratch all that. From here on out, this point of the season, we're staying in the opposite. And we try to, ch- you know, we, we literally would try to change our mojo on the fly um, by where we stayed. So you, you got to get really crafty when you're trying to break a, a road losing s- streak. And it does help to have good players, I will say. So when Steph comes back and everybody's healthy, it'll probably be a little easier, but maybe mix in the hotel game. So. Slip him into the. Maybe com- should have Smitty text that. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, put him in the comfort inn or something. You know, 
the, the send a message the airport Ramada. <laughs> Change up that vibe. The accordion convention going down on. Below. Change up that vibe uh, out there on the road. But they're they're obviously very good at home. You know that environment there is. Uh, Golden State fans have always been great, even in those years where it was uh, a little bit of a drought with uh, for success. Uh, those crowds have always been big. I, re- I remember when the Jazz played them in the playoffs with uh, the AK Booze years, where they played them with uh, Baron Davis, and remember Andres Biedrens and that team where the Jazz went to the Western Conference Finals. That that uh, arena, Oracle at the time, right, uh, right. was just electric. And I know they've moved into San Francisco, but uh, it appears like those fans are are still impactful, to say the least. I got to go to a finals game uh, when they won their first championship. I was in the, it wasn't the ga- that game, but it was that series against Cleveland and amazing crowd, just remarkably cool. One of the great environments. In, no doubt. In, it feels in like in NBA. here. Yeah. It really does. Well, there are a handful that seem to be kind of extra gear. You know, Oklahoma City comes to mind as uh, they, they have a loud environment there, of course, here at Vivint Arena, but uh, they're at uh, Golden State. Certainly one of those I'd, I'd throw in. Yeah. It's... You're partial to the garden, I know. Oh, yeah, always. You know, green and gold, parquet. You know, did the Madison Square Garden used to be one of those? Yeah, and it's still, like, to walk in there, historic. I don't know, if the, but the crowd doesn't have much to cheer for. Or has no, it over it, the years. There's a common smell of mediocrity and beer when you walk into the garden oh, anymore. Man. Isn't it obnoxious how the Knicks sniff 500 and everybody, oh, the Knicks are back. Here come the Knicks. It's like, okay. What a story. I'll believe it, uh, I'll believe it uh, when I see it. But certainly uh, the crowd there had an impact on the game. And it's tough. Tough to win on the road in the NBA. Tough to win there. Uh, but you can't help but think that this was a missed opportunity, much like San Antonio. This is a winnable game for the Jazz. And the hardest part now is you literally can't do zero about it. You can fix some of the issues within the context of the game, but you waste any energy on it, you're wasting energy. Yep. Got to move forward, learn the lesson, and put the disappointment. But this team, to their credit, has been good at that. want to remind you about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators program presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize 14 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a Jazz game in a suite. The Jazz fall tonight, 112-107 at the Golden State Warriors. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. We'll have more for you straight ahead. It's Jazz Post Game. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Wow! The outcome is in the books. Now, let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Post Game Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz post game, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight to the Warriors, 112 107. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Coach, uh, let's get to the Chick fil A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick fil A, earn rewards with the Chick fil A one app tonight. The Jazz from the line. 18 of 26, just 69%, and missed three out of four down the stretch that uh, could have possibly changed 
the outcome of this one with, uh, uh, excuse me, Kelly Olynyk missing two in a row and then uh, Jordan Clarkson making one of two. So that uh, was was a tough way, uh, considering both those players usually are pretty nails uh, from the line down the stretch. And it is, it's frustrating, but, you know, missed free throws happen. Nobody shoots 100%. I, I think that is, um, you know, those were timely, obviously, and tough ones because they had fought, the, fought for both of those opportunities to go to the line. Probably changes the game a little bit. Uh, requires Golden State to do a little bit more executing of their own. But the Jazz miss those free throws. Don't really it doesn't pay off. And as far as free throws attempted, Golden State took twenty seven, making twenty two. As you said, the Jazz eighteen for twenty six. So just about dead even on free throws tonight. All right, let's get some more post game sound. Let's go back to San Francisco. Time to hear from our guy Bowler hanging out with Jared Vanderbilt. What happened defensively? Uh, they made some shots. They got in and got, got out in transition. And, uh, yeah, he's made some big plays down the stretch. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, uh, Laurie Market and tonight had a terrific game. Um, you know, I thought he was on his way to a 40-point game, but uh, still a terrific game and really a good effort by all of you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Mark, uh, Laurie had a hell of a game. You know, he played well for us, and he got us going from the start. And, uh, you know, play well throughout the game. We got to, you know, find a way to still get him touches late down in the stretch, uh, especially when he's rolling like that. It's amazing a missed three or a couple of missed free throws can just flip a game. And plus it lets the crowd back into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like I said, we missed a couple shots down the road, and they uh, they made some shots and got the crowd into it. And the, mo- the momentum kind of shifted. But uh, uh, in that moment, we kind of got to just stay grounded, stay calm, and uh, just continue to make the right play. Uh, I feel like we got great shots down. Uh, late in the game, we just, you know, didn't make shots, but, uh, you know, we got good looks. What's the attitude with this team after two, you know, winnable but tough losses on this, on this road with one more to come? Uh, energy's still high. Uh, obviously, last game I felt was un- unacceptable, you know, effort-wise, but tonight we competed. We, we played hard. We fought. And, uh, like I said, we was 1-4-11 in the fourth quarter. Uh, we got some good looks, and uh, just didn't fall our way late in the game. But, I you know, I'm proud of the way we played tonight and uh, our effort. Thanks. Thanks, Jared. Yeah, no problem. All right. Thank you very much there, Bowler. And Jared Vanderbilt tonight, Coach, 10 points, nine rebounds, two assists, a steal and a block. He was four of eight from the field. And he continues to uh, be extremely active, uh, but he didn't put the ball in the in the hole in the fourth quarter either. Yeah, that, that became the issue. Um, but I like that he owned, you know, the fact that they watched the tape and the defensive effort the other night on the ball, off the ball, just wasn't enough. You know, we often talk about on the ball there's an expectation, and when you're guarding certain spots, there's places you need to be. The Jazz were a foot or, or so off those spots. And, you know, it's it's a game of inches at times. Um, but defensively, this team's going to be at their best when everybody's involved. Offensively, this team's going to be their best when everybody's involved. And um, effort definitely wasn't the issue tonight. I thought they fought, played really hard uh, execution a little bit the, the the issue tonight and this was a weird one we haven't seen their offense fail them that we really often haven't this year that that really has not been the problem we've i should add a caveat a little bit we've seen some offensive execution issues at the end of games that that have been rough but it's not like they've had a quarter like that where they just could not throw it into the ocean they're fourth in the league in offensive rating you know I yeah mean, so offense yeah most of the most of the season when needed, the offense has been there. 
uh, minus a couple of times during that stretch without Mike were just, ex, you know, yeah. decision-making really kind of failed them. But their offense, making shots and that sort of thing, has not. And tonight, 13 points in the fourth quarter is almost its almost hard to believe. One of 11 from three just needed yeah. better ones. Yeah. I, th- I think you put it well. They just didn't dig into the offense to get those good shots that uh, that they were getting in the first half. Yeah, and people will say, well, is there really that big a difference between – a two pass possession and a four or five pass possession. The answer is yes. Sometimes may not be always, but the the whole key to the game is to get a wide open shot, regardless of where you are on the floor. And certainly you want to get all the way to the rim first, but if you've got wide open threes, nobody's there. That's usually created by being aggressively driving the ball, making the defense shift. And that's where, you know, you get one, two, three of those. Otherwise it's maybe one action shot and you don't really make the defense move that much. All right, post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Wiz campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruwiz.com. 112-107 is your final. We'll wrap things up coming up next. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Oh, my. Marking and wide open on a pick and pop. Fires and hits. Lowry marketing. How do you do tonight? Seven threes. 29 points. One more point will be the most times he's ever scored 30 in a season. It's December. There's your play of the game from David Locke. What an interesting stat that is. He's going he's gonna to break that record, I think, Coach. Done. Absolutely. Play the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz come up short tonight, 112-107, despite those 29 points from Lowry Markinen. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Uh, Jazz got, as we mentioned, 29-16 from Markinen. Uh, he had 23 of those, uh, though, in the first half. It looked like he was on his way to a special one. Still had a great game, but maybe not the second half. A lot of folks were looking for Jordan Clarkson with 22 points for the Jazz, 8 of 14 shooting, 3 of 8 from 3. Uh, the Jazz got 10 from Jared Vanderbilt, 9 rebounds for him as well. 11 points for Colin Sexton coming in off the bench in only 16 minutes. They've got to be uh, conscious uh, about his minutes, right? The only reason he would uh, be limited to 16, I would imagine. Have to be. Because he's played really well when he's been in the ballgame. His energy was great tonight. and It's always great. Creates big-time opportunity for himself and others in isolation, you know, being able to drive it. You know what? He's a fun player to watch. I like him. Yeah, I do. He's not the perfect player. I mean, you know, as as with everybody, right? Uh, improvements can be made, and I I like. You know, he took advantage of the time when Con- uh, Mike Conley was out of the lineup and really tried to improve his playmaking. And you know, I think a lot of folks would tell you he's probably got a little ways to go, but uh, I like him. He's fun to watch. Yeah, I'm seeing improvement. Uh, made a big three there in the fourth, um, and you know. Uh, he he's a guy who, you know, as he as he continues to figure out how the game's played, the intricacies, right. he's going to get better and better. But I just absolutely, excuse me, I absolutely love his ability to attack and his attitude. And you yeah. know, I know it's a, a, a football sports cliche, but he's got a little dog in him. You know, he's he's going to go out there and give it all he's got. Vinegar, and, uh, yeah. 
And I think every team needs a little bit of that, right? I mean, those those players play a, a big time role. I know on some of those BYU teams, you know, guys like uh, the you coach guys like Jimmer, you know, got a lot of the uh, got a lot of the accolades. But there were a lot of players on that team that went out and uh, and did the hard things and and played real hard and had that bulldog like attitude. And he brings it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's a great point. I think on every really good team, you find guys like that. So I, I'm telling you, I learned tonight. I've I've really believed that Linux really important to this group of guys because of the spacing he provides. When Kessler's out there, they don't get the true spacing. Um, and I love what Kessler can do, but until he develops a shot. Um, but I also believe that for the same reason, Sexton, because this team lacks the ability to go ISO. And as we see tonight, get to the rim. It, that can be an issue. So his change of pace, his ability to really climb up in the ball and give them a different look altogether, it, it's really important, I think, to the, how, how successful this particular group of guys will be for the Warriors Jordan Poole had 26 on 7 of 22 shooting 2 of 10 from 3 he did go line 12 times though 10 of 12 from the line uh DiVincenzo had 19 shot the ball well from 3 it was 5 of 9 from 3 and they got some uh, play off the bench Ty Jerome 17 points in 30 minutes and uh, how about to Patrick Baldwin Jr. taking every bit of advantage of his 13 minutes having 11 points tonight four rebounds and uh well didn't get an assist, but still uh, still played pretty well. Draymond Green, only six points, but did have nine boards, five assists, three blocks, and one of those blocks was just a, a monster block down the stretch, uh, helping the Warriors hang on to that 112-107 victory. What you called from the beginning. I did. I, uh, you know, this, But you know what? This is a game the Jazz really should have won or could have won. Maybe that should might, might not be the right word. Could, I think should. Could have won. I mean, I'm not a huge should, but... Tonight, probably on the heels of a bad performance and the fact that their effort was great. It was just the stuff that they typically do well, they didn't. Small margin of error with this Jazz team. And, and we said that from the start. We, did, we yep. hadn't lied about that. We no. said that everything's got a kind of a line. What's crazy is it did really well at first. And then it's, now you can kind of see, oh, defensive rebounding tonight. Oh, transition. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to be good. It's hard to win games, and it's hard to be consistently good. So it's part of how this thing's going to be grown is everybody's going to learn that lesson. All right. We want to say big thanks to everybody who uh, was involved with the broadcast tonight. David Locke, Ron Boone, doing a great job calling all the action. Thanks to Mike Smith for jumping on with us in the pregame show. Thanks to our broadcast assistants tonight. Appreciate Jamil Hawkins doing a great job, executive producer of the broadcast. We really appreciate uh, his hard work. Uh, thanks to Mark Miller, Subaru title sponsor of the postgame show and the My Subaru Ways campaign, Real Stories. From real Mark Miller Subaru customers, Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. And, of course, Coach. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.